This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. How to Live in Twenty-Four Hours a Day by Arnold Bennett Chapter 3 Precautions Before Beginning now that I have succeeded, if succeeded I have, in persuading you to admit to yourself that you are constantly haunted by a suppressed dissatisfaction with your own arrangement of your daily life, and that the primal cause of that inconvenient dissatisfaction is the feeling that you are, every day, leaving undone something which you would like to do, and which indeed you are always hoping to do when you have more time. And now that I have drawn your attention to the glaring, dazzling truth that you will never have more time, since you already have all the time there is, you expect me to let you into some wonderful secret by which you may at any rate approach the ideal of a perfect arrangement of the day, and by which, therefore, that haunting, unpleasant, daily disappointment of things left undone will be got rid of. I have found no such wonderful secret, nor do I expect to find it, nor do I expect that anyone else will ever find it. It is undiscovered. When you first began to gather my drift, perhaps there was a resurrection of hope in your breast. Perhaps you said to yourself, This man will show me an easy, unfatiguing way of doing what I have so long in vain wished to do. Alas, no! The fact is that there is no easy way, no royal road. The path to Mecca is extremely hard and stony, and the worst of it is that you never quite get there, after all. The most important preliminary to the task of arranging one's life so that one may live fully and comfortably within one's daily budget of twenty-four hours is the calm realization of the extreme difficulty of the task of the sacrifices and the endless effort which it demands. I cannot too strongly insist on this. If you imagine that you will be able to achieve your ideal by ingeniously planning out a timetable with a pen on a piece of paper, you had better give up hope at once. If you are not prepared for discouragements and dissolutions, if you will not be content with a small result for a big effort, then do not begin lie down again, and resume the uneasy doze which you call your existence. It is very sad, is it not, very depressing and somber, and yet I think it is rather fine, too, this necessity for the tense bracing of the will before anything worth doing can be done. I rather like it myself. I feel it to be the chief thing that differentiates me from the cat by the fire. Well, you say, Assume that I am braced for the battle. Assume that I have carefully weighed and comprehended your ponderous remarks. How do I begin? Dear sir, you simply begin. There is no magic method of beginning. If a man standing on the edge of a swimming bath and wanting to jump into the cold water should ask you, How do I begin to jump? You would merely reply, Just jump! take hold of your nerves and jump. As I have previously said, 
the chief beauty about the constant supply of time is that you cannot waste it in advance the next year the next day the next hour are lying ready for you as perfect as unspoilt as if you had never wasted or misapplied a single moment in all your career which fact is very gratifying and reassuring you can turn over a new leaf every hour if you choose therefore no object is served in waiting till next week or even until tomorrow you may fancy that the water will be warmer next week it won't it will be colder but before you begin let me murmur a few words of warning in your private ear let me principally warn you against your own ardor ardor in well-doing is a misleading and a treacherous thing it cries out loudly for employment you can't satisfy it at first it wants more and more it is eager to move mountains and divert the course of rivers it isn't content till it perspires and then too often when it feels the perspiration on its brow it wearies all of a sudden and dies without even putting itself to the trouble of saying i've had enough of this beware of undertaking too much at the start be content with quite a little allow for accidents allow for human nature especially your own a failure or so in itself would not matter if it did not incur a loss of self-esteem and of self-confidence but just as nothing succeeds like success so nothing fails like failure most people who are ruined are ruined by attempting too much therefore in setting out on the immense enterprise of living fully and comfortably within the narrow limits of twenty-four hours a day let us avoid at any cost the risk of an early failure i will not agree that in this business at any rate a glorious failure is better than a petty success i am all for the petty success a glorious failure leads to nothing a petty success may lead to a success that is not petty so let us begin to examine the budget of the day's time you say your day is already full to overflowing how you actually spend in earning your livelihood how much seven hours on the average and an actual sleep seven i will add two hours and be generous and i will defy you to account to me on the spur of the moment for the other eight hours end of chapter